Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to highlight how the energy business is changing. Pipeline companies have been reporting earnings. They've generally been coming in as expected or with mild positive surprises. Here's one clip from Williams Companies, a big natural gas pipeline operator. CEO Alan Armstrong discussed their results. This tumultuous, tumultuous 2020 market environment allowed us to truly distinguish ourselves. In fact, we were one of the few midstream companies to maintain and in fact deliver on our pre-COVID guidance ranges that we provided to you in 2019. And I'm excited to see what this organization can produce without the large number of headwinds that we navigated through this past year in 21. To take a step back, midstream energy infrastructure had a disastrous first half of 2020. Crude oil briefly went negative. Williams companies, who barely touch oil, saw their stock price cut in half. And yet, for the full year, the EBITDA came in within the range they had forecast pre-COVID. It's almost as if COVID didn't happen. Natural gas, which is what Williams moves, has many things going for it. It's hardly used in transportation, so wasn't that exposed to all the pandemic-related lockdowns. Natural gas also burns much cleaner than coal. Phasing out coal is one of the more obvious ways for the world to cut greenhouse gases. But it's also there when renewables are not. The Texas power cuts continue to gain attention as people offer their views on what went wrong. I found an interview with Steve Brick interesting. Steve has spent his career working at the intersection of energy and environmental policy. He consults and teaches on the topic. Here's what Steve had to say recently about solar and wind power. I don't think they give much in terms of resilience and reliability. What they do is they give us a source of cheap energy, but almost no capacity. A routinely overpay for wind and solar. We pay much more than they're worth as a system resource. And in fact, I mean, the other thing... When you say pay, are you saying that we're subsidizing them too heavily? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Steve thinks that we pay too much for sources of power that are neither resilient nor reliable. California found this out last year and Texas last month. Now, it's true that Texas lost power from natural gas, coal, and even nuclear during the cold weather. But it's also true that natural gas was the only power source that increased its output at that time, albeit not by enough. But Steve Brick makes another interesting point. If you have a fleet of natural gas burning power plants, they may not all be operating at the same time, but their uptime is independent of one another. It's different with solar and wind. If it's not sunny, none of your solar panels will work. And it's the same with wind power if there's no wind. From a risk management standpoint, it's a bit like holding a diversified portfolio of investments that are uncorrelated, except when there's a big drop in the market when they all fall together. Solar and wind have this binary quality. When they don't work, none of them do. It's that lack of reliability and resilience that Steve argues makes their power worth less than we're paying for it because their output is free when available, but often not when you really need it. Their output should be worth less, 
because you have to invest in backup power. Personally, I don't want to rely on solar and wind. I'd rather have nuclear or pay to capture the CO2 from a reliable natural gas power plant. So getting back to earnings, the shale revolution bust followed by COVID and the energy transition have caused a major rethink among companies about their investment plans. The US energy sector started reducing growth capex in 2018. The drop in demand caused by COVID added impetus to this. Investors are increasingly pushing for less spending. We saw this in ExxonMobil's Investor Day last week, where they trimmed their planned oil production once again. Here's a clip from EOG's recent earnings call. EOG is an oil and gas producer in the Permian in New Mexico and Texas. Listen to Doug Leggett from Bank of America. He's questioning why EOG is still planning any growth in production and challenging their view that the oil market is balanced when Saudi Arabia is selling perhaps 2 million barrels a day less than they could, which is in effect subsidizing the business of EOG and others by allowing crude oil prices to be a little bit higher than they otherwise would. Between 2017 and 2019, Saudi had 2 million barrels a day held off the market before COVID. Is your definition of a balanced market that the lowest cost producer is still subsidizing the business by holding back any production? Because that, by definition, is subsidizing your business. So optimal, you know, I'm just having a tough time understanding why we're not learning any lessons from growing nine times in 10 years with very little cumulative free cash flow. And your share price response obviously was, was terrible. Usually, analysts ask easy questions on earnings calls. So although Doug Leggett's soft Scottish accent makes it sound like a friendly question, he's really asking EOG why they're planning to grow production at all, given their lousy cash flow generation and miserable stock price performance. This is great stuff. Energy investors don't want production growth. We want growth in per share earnings. Spending less frees up more cash flow. And if energy prices rise because of less supply growth, that's fine too. We're going to close by returning to Alan Armstrong of Williams Companies, reminding us not only that natural gas offers a huge solution to climate change by replacing coal, but that Williams is well positioned for it. We remain bullish on natural gas because we recognize the critical role it plays and will continue to play in both our countries and the world's pursuit of a clean energy future. Natural gas is an important component of today's fuel mix and should be prioritized as one of the most important tools to aggressively displace more carbon intensive fuels around the world. The energy business is changing. It's spending less, it's positioning for the energy transition, and it's coming up with real solutions beyond windmills. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.